This is episode 85 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. And find out more about our show at familylife.org. Today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. This is Rise Up on Family Life. They might be quippy little statements. They may be a famous quote. But what has stuck with you that you have used in your life? Quotes that you remember that have meaning for you. Mm. When I was an intern at Family Life, I had a, a long drive. And, and actually, I did all the way through when I was first hired. About an hour and 15 minutes one way. Mm. So I was in the car a lot those first uh, year or so when I was hired here. And I spent a lot of time listening to sermons. And so I got really familiar with Pastor Tim Keller, who actually just passed away this year. But uh, Tim Keller had an influence on a lot of people's lives in such a big way with his church in New York City, right in the heart of it. But it had an influence in my life just through the sermons I'd listened to on the highways here. And something that he came back to saying a lot, there's one way he said it once, which is the quote that I'll share here, but it really ran through all of his preaching, is this right here. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I don't, this is me, Tim, talking now, not Tim Keller. I didn't really know it was possible to basically give the gospel in one sentence. But man, if I've ever heard anybody do it, it's when Tim Keller put it that way, that that's the gospel. It's realizing how very flawed we are, more flawed than we'd ever want to acknowledge because it's shameful to realize, but it's true. And, and at the same time, so loved and accepted in Jesus more than we would ever even dare to hope. That one sentence quote is something I feel like I've just taken to myself to think, wow, if I had to put on the spot, share the gospel with somebody in a sentence, I think there's a quote can, that can do that. And for me, that's that's the one from uh, Pastor Tim Keller that just has meant a lot to me. Can I do two? Okay, you I can, will. You can okay. do two. Of course two. you can. Well, two, but same speech. How about that? Same Ooh. one speech, two quotes that have meant so much to not only me, but to my wife, Audrey, it's one of the great speeches, I think, uh, of all time, and I could watch it at any time. And it goes back to 1993. It was a speech uh, by Jim Valvano, a a former basketball coach, uh, Mm -hmm. and he won an award that was on ESPN, the ESPYs, and he won this award. Now, at the time that he received the award, they didn't even know he was going to be there or couldn't get there physically because he was in the final stages of cancer, which... uh, he would pass away less than two months um, after he gave this speech. But it was 1993, and there was two things he said in that speech, which it was just an amazing, inspiring speech that meant so much to us at the time, but then we didn't know at that time how much it would come in handy and meaningful uh, several years later. He said a couple things. One, the, uh, the one that's uh, of the two uh, would say, uh, if you can laugh, cry, and think in one day, uh, the cry meaning be brought to emotions, uh, whether it be laughter, tears of laughter, or tears of sadness. If you can laugh, cry, and think in one day, that is a full day. Wow. Now, when you hear him 
when you know where he's coming from, knowing that he's in the final stages battling cancer, so you know he's coming down to the end of his of his life. So when he says, if you can laugh, cry, and think in one day, that is a full day. And that meant so much. The other thing that meant more to us, it really came in uh, later to us in our marriage, he uh, said, as he was fighting, he said, and I'll leave you with this. He goes, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Hmm. And it just it struck me so strongly at the time. But then later in our marriage, our marriage was just about over. And of course, we had these. It was seven. I, I would watch that speech every year. And so would Audrey, you know, leading up to this. And then here it is, you know, right around 2000 in that area. You know, our marriage is is on the brink. She's filed for divorce. And and we happen we looked at that speech again. And he had this very emotional thing. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. And we still to, to this day uh, look at that and hear that. And that means so much. And maybe you're going through something impossible. It may not be your marriage. It may be something else. It may be an awful situation in your life. And you are ready to. You've already in your mind given up. Uh, but you know the amazing thing is God doesn't give up on you. Mm-hmm. God's your biggest cheerleader and God will never give up on you. So uh, those words have meant so much from that speech still today. And he did it in 1993. Wow. And those words of don't give up, don't ever mm-hmm. give up uh, just mean so much to me. When I was a teenager, there was a phrase my mom used to use. And it to this day still gets under my skin a little bit less now than it did then. She would say, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Yep. It would just bother me because I think as I look back on it, it it made me feel like whatever I was going through was being trivialized, you know, like, yeah, okay, this too shall pass. But as I've grown both age wise and spiritually, I've come to appreciate the temporal nature of our trials, because Mm -hmm. if you believe in Jesus, you have an eternity without any trials at all. But it got me thinking about the word pass, you know, because I I looked at this too shall pass uh, almost like, you know, a, a dandelion seed in the wind, like just it'll just blow away. And it felt like whatever I was going through was heavier and more daunting than a dandelion seed. But passing is not this passive behavior. When you look in scripture and there's a gazillion, that's an exaggeration, but there are a lot of uses of the word pass. You know, they passed through and it came to pass. We we hear the word pass a lot. You say it so many times and it doesn't even sound like a real word anymore, <laughs> right. pass. But it really speaks of a journey, of of a time, of a travel. And isn't that such a picture of our Christian walk, Mm. you know, that we travel through this relationship with Christ. We travel through our trials. We travel through our growth. We even travel through God's word because every time you read it, something else gets unveiled to you, you know, so there's this traveling that happens. And in the parable of the mustard seed, Uh, Jesus stills the sea and he says the same day when the even had come, uh, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. And when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there was a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship and it was now full. And then we know that Jesus is 
sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is sleeping in the storm. And I just think it's neat that he said, let us pass over to the other side. Literally, let us go into the storm. Let us travel wow. to a place where we're going to face discomforts and trial. And then I'm going to show you that it's okay to just be. Wow in the middle of that. And there's another time where Jesus says, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? And Jesus said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And as we visualize this camel trying to pass through a small (laughs) eye of a needle. We almost laugh a little bit, Mm -hmm. but boy, it is so much easier to journey, to travel, to pass through things when you have God with you. In fact, doing it on your own is impossible. Mm. And so whatever you're facing today, I acknowledge the full weight of it, but this too shall pass. You're not late. You're right on time. And we're glad you're here. This is Rise Up on Family Life. The movie Jaws was a book first? Uh, that kind of, maybe. I don't I, know if I, I knew it came out first. I remember there being a Jaws book. Okay. At like the same time the movie was hmm, out. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, one, I never put that one. It was always just a movie in my head. So the author, though, of the book said he would never write it now. He would never write the book Jaws now, knowing what he does about sharks. He was like, "That's not. That's sharks oh, aren't like I, that." I think I know the author's name. Okay, what's Pe- what's his Peter name? Peter Benchley is that his name? Oh, I think you've got it. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it, it was going to. Yeah. I thought joke. you were going to make up something. I really did. Funny, I was like Chompy like, like, yeah. McTeeth. No, 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 it really was. It's like you said it, but <laughs> no, all of a sudden it was yeah. like, I think that's right. Anyway, yeah. so you know, so Mr. Benchley said like, okay. "No, sharks aren't like that. They're not like going to have grudges and seek out individual people. Like they don't do that." But he, because of what he wrote. Made like a whole generation have a kind of a irrational fear, yeah, yeah, about an entire species from his words. Hmm. Right. So, okay, maybe I won't make everybody fear an entire species by words I say too soon. But have I ever misrepresented another person? Have I ever shared something about somebody before I had all the info oh. and spread oh, some yeah. gossip around? Yeah. Made somebody out to be a monster oh, boy. with Uh-oh. my words when I might dun, not have dun, had the dun, whole dun, story. Dun, 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 now dun. that's really something scary. I'd rather mm. not speak too soon knowing what I do now right. instead of wishing I ended up didn't say those things in the first place. Coffee? Check. Music? Check. Fun and encouragement? Check and check. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. What was it the other day you were talking about how you and your wife will just spend the entire evening trying to pick something to stream because there's so many choices. Too many choices. The whole what do you want to watch thing just Mm -hmm. goes back and forth. And oh, man. The amount of time that it takes you to pick a movie depends on how old you are. Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so is... Okay, I'm interested. Yeah, the average is about 20 minutes, by the way, which... Um, <sighs> remember that. The next time you're sitting through the last 20 minutes of a movie wishing that you could go to bed, you, if you had just picked sooner... You, you brought be, this upon yourself. Right. But you are twice as fast if you're 50 than if you're 30. Are you kidding? That yeah, the older those. you get, the faster you are. 
at picking movies. Wow. Part of it is that we've had more life experience as we age, and so oh. we know, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I mm. might like this. And that makes it a little easier. You know, so there's that that thing of just, I've experienced more of life. I know what I like. Mm. But there's also the idea of, I don't have so many years left, and so <laughs> I don't want to waste my time trying to pick a movie. You know? I'll pick mine out in a minute, 20. <laughs> if you're looking for fun, hope, and encouragement, you've come to the right place. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Make it perfectly clear. I want to make it perfectly clear I did not mm-hmm. do anything illegal, okay? I just want to make that <laughs> That's clear. your preface? If this is how you're going to start, how are you going to finish? Let's find out. <laughs> well, I just found out. I never knew this. Apparently, it's common knowledge. I didn't know how to get blood stains out. Again, I didn't do anything oh, illegal. Oh, my. I'm curious to know which method you used because I've heard of a couple. I've, okay. Well, I haven't tried it yet because I haven't had anything mm. bloody like on, you know, clothes. or anything. Sometimes you could have a sure. scab or and, yeah. and some could get on your collar or, yeah. or yeah. whatever. or you Skin, know, knee. Yeah, yeah that right. kind of thing. So cleaning blood. I didn't know that salt cleans blood out of any fabric, even the whitest clothes. Huh. Uh, a little see, salt. I never that's heard not that. what I use. What do you use? I have in my laundry room, I have a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. Oh, okay. I've heard about that. Because the same way that it kind of fizzes and bubbles up and yeah. oxidizes on like a cut, it right. does the same thing on the fabric. So it'll oh, like wow. kind of eat away at the... But okay. so salt, huh? I have I to just, try that too. I had never heard that. All I, these years I've lived and nope. I didn't know that. Never so I just wanted to make either. it perfectly clear I didn't do anything illegal and I don't <laughs> have any blood currently. I didn't want anybody to hear that. Wait a minute. Steve was involved Steve's with an assault? Trying to get no, no, not assault. an assault. It was just salt. <laughs> salt. Of course we're happy. You're here. Why wouldn't we be? Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Get in my car yesterday morning mm-hmm. and there is a spider web. Oh, that's not fun. Uh, but uh, even worse, I could not find a spider, uh, which then made me wonder, am I going to be... And this has happened to me before. Have you ever had where one drops down from like the yes. the visor mm-hmm. while you're that. driving and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, so the whole day I'm like looking around like, is there a spider? Is there a spider? I never found the spider, but there was definitely evidence of spider activity uh. In my car, which oh. was like, Ugh. I found worse activity though. I, I don't know if this ever happened to you. If you ever, if you park your car in the country, if it's there for a while, <laughs> it's got to be there for quite a while. You ever found mouse evidence? Oh, uh, no. That would not be good. Yeah, I'm talking about the kind of evidence where you're reaching to go get a ketchup packet for your fries and you find out mm. that somebody's already chewed through the outside of that ketchup packet. <laughs> That's horrible. And a little mouse Ugh. has made a meal of ketchup. I found you have that. to eat plain fries at that point, oh, which is the worst is, this, is next, uh, this is now starting the, what's the strangest thing you oh. ever found in your car? There's more? That's not the strangest thing I've ever found in my car, Steve. That's it. That's it. The strangest and by far most horrifying was a... Snake skin, <gasps> but oh, no. like a, sh- a shedded snake skin. No. Of, of so course, the... you know the implication, much like the spider's web. Right, got to right. be. Yeah. It's still in there, and it's and bigger it's... now than it was right. before. Did I ever tell you wow. about the time I found a mastodon in my VW? <laughs> was that when you were in high school? <laughs> well, yeah, that was way back was then. It? I don't. Yeah, okay, so no, the weirdest, cool. like okay. living thing uh-huh. that you've ever found in your car. What oh. would it be for you, Steve? Oh, that's easy. Me. <laughs> you have something oh, even funny. weirder that's, I don't oh, know if you can funny, top yeah. the snake the mouse okay. the spider yeah. the Steve, Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, if I just got a text from my wife she says I need to know which one of our cars you found a snake skin in Ew. 
and when. But what did you find? We got a text from Robin in Rochester. She said, my brother was driving a rental car in Florida a tarantula oh, up no, his I, leg. No, 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 no. Good morning. Good morning. My name's Anel, and I live up in Ellery, New York. Have you found something weird in your car? Yeah. Um, so, a chicken. <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> and, and what's really embarrassing, yes, we own chickens, but we didn't realize it was in the car, but we went to church, and... After church, we came out, and there was chicken in the parking lot. And embarrassingly enough, everybody even wondered, hey, is is that your chicken? Is that your chicken? Keep your chickens under control, ma'am. We'll try. And don't count them before they're hatched, okay? (laughs) May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life.